Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of AWOD Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan, DC Sports and Entertainment. And we've been talking about the Washington Wizards. Now it's time to go around the NBA with my guy Justin Fensterman from Sirius XM. My guy Fensty Sports. What's going on, dude? What's going on, AWOD? Good talking to you again. Absolutely. You, you, uh... You were gracious enough to let me hop on your show. I had to return the favor. I love talking NBA with you. Let's get right into it. 8.30 tonight, ABC, Nets, Warriors, Kyrie, Steph Curry. What do you think, man? How do you break this game down? Who comes out on top? Well, let's let's talk about the Kyrie situation because it's going to be no Kyrie in this situation here, Awad, and that's why, again, with the Nets, I worry about this team's long term, man. I don't know how you feel about this, but... When it comes to this game tonight, expect a lot of scoring, a very high-paced, fast-paced game that you're going to have between these two teams. But ultimately, Awad, the lack of consistency game in and game out for this team, even when they do eventually get to full strength, I don't know, man. Does it worry about you? Does it worry you regarding a playoff run for this team? I know that they've been atop the favorites list to win the title, but I feel like you have to have consistency out there to get into a flow and a rhythm, and it's going to be in and out with Kyrie on and off the court. Absolutely. So you uh, you said something I, I guess maybe I wasn't aware of. So Kyrie will not play. I thought I, I, see, I thought I heard that he would miss that he would play in the game. Uh, we'll have to double check that. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, it's so hard to tell, man, at yeah. this point. And you have certain cities that are trying to bend the rules and everything, man. Yeah. It's very hard to keep up. So what I'm what I'm hearing is, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure um, from NBC Sports Bay Area that fans have to show, show proof of vaccination to get into the arena. But Kyrie Irving will be able to just take a test, and if he is negative for COVID-19, he will be able to play. Wow, that, then the future for him playing in the Nets rotation, if that's how it's starting to get there, then, hey, man, he might be able to, by the time we hit playoff time, not have to sit out any games. Again, very hard to keep up, especially with the rules starting to bend. This guy wasn't even really supposed to play all year. Yeah, I know. And now you know how James Harden kind of being in talks about being traded and maybe on the future with Philadelphia. There's a lot going on in the NBA in terms of trade deadline talk. One team that I want to focus in on and get your opinion on is the Indiana Pacers. They obviously have to make a move. DeBontis Sabonis is their star. Miles Turner is another big man on their team that's kind of wanted around the league. They've got a lot of guys on their on their roster here that are nice pieces. Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon could easily be your starting point guard on a championship team. We saw how successful he was with the Bucs uh, a couple years ago. Justin Holiday is a nice piece. Lance Stevenson maybe gotten back into the league here, and maybe somebody wants to give him a shot here. Jeremy Lamb as well. I mean, what do you think the Indiana Pacers are going to do uh, this trade deadline and is there any chance that maybe one of those pieces ends up in Washington I mean let's talk about this situation as a whole here we've been hearing fire sale the entire year and it's just after a few years of having this core it's just not working and I don't know what piece would need to be added so do I think that they have a chance of trading one of their big pieces yes I don't know how Miles Turner is going to be that piece being that he's banged up DeMontis Sabonis I think, and we talked about this on my show on SiriusXM last night, Awan, I think that he would be a great fit in Washington. Just gives them an overall all-around game 
we'd have to see if he'd be able to improve defensively under Unsell Jr., and that could absolutely be the case. But when it comes to DeMontis Sabonis, we already know what he brings to the table, and I think for Washington, it would absolutely be a good fit. Now, the big question is, and everything in trades these days, not the players you're getting back necessarily, but draft picks. And a lot of teams are just refusing to share these draft picks or trade these draft picks. And because of that, that's taken a lot of deals and broken them down a little bit. If you're Washington, though, man, I don't know what direction this Wizards team is going and looking to build. I don't think Bradley Beal is a number one guy. Okay, so if you're going to stick with Bradley Beal, then you know what? Maybe you try putting a couple of number two guys together and seeing if that creates the lightning that you want for this team. And I think takes a little bit of the burden off Bradley Beal if you get a floor stretcher who could also play in the post like Sabonis. One team that I think should look to make a move is the Dallas Mavericks, second in the Southwest Division right now, 28-21. and 21. Luke is their guy. They have that figured out at point guard. They now have their shooting guard. Jalen Brunson is going to be their guy. He's going to get paid in Dallas, I feel like. He's averaging 16 points a game this year. He's really been solid for them. I think they need to move on from Kristaps Porzingis and try to swing for the fences, try to maybe trade a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber. Ma- the Mavericks have to make a move to put their team over the top because right now that Western Conference is so tough, and as although Luka Doncic is so good and one of the best players in the league, I don't see this Dallas team in a seven-game series getting past Golden State or Phoenix or even maybe Utah or Denver. You're absolutely right. They are pretenders. And I don't care what their record is at the end of the year. They could be 20 games over 500. But ultimately, in a series, what happens to this team? They get figured out very quickly. Their game plan isn't that hard for any casual NBA to figure out here. When they move fast, you know Lucas driving. When they're slower, you know they're setting up Porzingis at the arc or for him to fake and drive to the rim. It's so interesting that you're saying to get rid of Porzingis here because I don't know if Porzingis is a winning piece. I really don't with his health issues. But the problem is there, Awad, is that he's got a major financial burden to him as well, and that's going to be hard to get rid of. And would you really want to trade a lot of your future because that's what the Mavs would command for a Kristaps Porzingis if you're an opposing team? I don't know. When it comes to Dorian Finney-Smith, I'll say this. This Mavs team, outside of the backcourt defense that Luka Doncic has provided, Dorian Finney-Smith is the best thing they have going in their frontcourt. And Mm. that's sad, man. So I agree with you. They have to make a move somehow, and they just lost a key piece in Tim Hardaway Jr. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. My guest on the hotline, Justin Fensterman, SiriusXM, talking all things NBA. If you want to look at what the Washington Wizards should do or have been in the last 5-10 years, I think the Western Conference, kind of looking in the mirror, is the Portland Trailblazers, right? We had Wall and Beal. They had McCollum and Lillard. Now Lillard's dealing with this injury. Portland's got to blow it up, too. I mean, right? They have to try to start all over again. They have to. I mean, Damian Lillard can say all he wants. I don't want to leave. I want to stay in Portland forever. But he's not going to win in Portland. And I know he wants to win. So I think that team is a team that could blow everything up. What do you think about that? You know, I'm trying to think about it when it comes to Damian Lillard. If you can really put an actual few pieces around it, something you said, Portland, do people and athletes, even with the money, do they want to go play in Portland? That's the big question there. Sure, the Norman Powell's of the world who are trying to really stay relevant, and yes, he could be a good piece. But when it comes to Portland, their problem, like you're saying, man, their health issues over the last few years have been awful. 
You go goes back to Yusuf Nurkic, and they're still relying on him. Cody Zeller's not healthy. Larry Nance is not healthy. These guys aren't healthy guys, and you don't need to rely on Robert Covington. And I think they need to find a way to add those pieces. And it stinks for them because when it comes to their young pieces, I really do love what I've seen from Anthony Simons filling in first for McCollum with the collapsed lung, now Lillard. But now with Nasir Little going down, man, this team can't catch a break or they just catch too many breaks. So I don't know if they're in the position to completely blow it up because all the pieces that they can dangle are damaged goods at this point. Yeah, no, I know what you mean there. Another team that is kind of deciding, hey, do we stick with our young stars here that are up and coming, or do we go all in and try to make a run this year? And that I would look at is like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, Kevin Love scored 25 points for them the other night. They, I mean, that's a piece they, they could move on from, or, or maybe they keep him and they try to bring in another star. They've got so much young talent there, and a team that's sitting at 30 and 19 and just in third place in the Eastern Conference, it feels like their window of, of opportunity is, has like moved up a few years. Maybe they make in a, make a trade at, at the deadline to try to give themselves a chance this year in the Eastern Conference. This Cavs team is the biggest surprise going. They're allowing just above 102 points per game, and that's because of the skyline lineup. And they've had players in and out all year. They're doing this, AWOD, without Colin Sexton. Yeah. And look, Colin Sexton, he's not a superior NBA player, but he is a damn good scorer and with that they are missing him and they're still finding ways to make up for Rubio goes down they lose another piece in him so just overall with what we've seen from this team this resiliency and the skyline lineup yeah if they could trade themselves for another guard an all-encompassing guard that would be great or even another mid-court option they have a Coral and Chevy Osmond but if they trade for one more guard if they, they don't even need to make a major deal because They've got the size, and it's a very tough matchup. And if I'm other teams, I'm looking at this model, and I'm starting to build big for next year because clearly it's working for Cleveland when you've got a big guy like Market and starting at the three. My guy Justin Fenstman on the hotline. I'm Adam Epstein talking NBA trades. And, Justin, let's get a little nerdy here into the, the weeds of it with these contracts, all right, because you can see how it can screw a team up. For example... The Atlanta Hawks seemed to be just a win or two away last year. John Collins got the big contract, $25 million a year. Now they're 23-25, and 25, actually below the Washington Wizards. They got to maybe blow things up, and, and, and I don't know what you do because you paid him all that money, and he's kind of shown around the league that he's obviously not worth that. He's, he's a little awkward on the court. You can't go to him. He has to be set up by someone one of his teammates for basically a dunk. I mean, I get it. He can jump high, but he's not hitting his shot consistently. So you see how Atlanta was in this situation where they felt like, hey, if we bring back the roster, we're just right there. But it doesn't always work out that way. And that's why I think Wizards fans should be cautious. Celtics fans should be cautious. And a lot of teams around the league, when you look at the Atlanta Hawks, am I right? Yeah, here, yeah, here's the problem with the Atlanta Hawks, kind of like what we were just discussing with Portland. Major health issues. Their midcourt can't stay healthy. It's always someone in or out, whether it was Bogdanovich, whether it was Reddish, who's no longer on the team anymore, who they got rid of, which was a head-scratcher to me, a young prospect who you're getting rid of. I realize that they have a lot of players, but due to the health issues, you would think that they want to keep their depth. I think with what we are seeing with the Hawks, we're seeing them come down to earth a little bit. Last year, if you remember, going into the playoffs, 
they were one, if not the hottest team in the NBA going into the playoffs. You saw what they did in the first round against the Knicks shutting down Julius Randle. But now you look at what they're doing this year. They're just not the same team defensively. And AWOT, their backcourt defense is very much non-existent. And especially for someone that does DFS content, I'm constantly going after them with opposing guards. And that's where it starts for them. And then where it ends for them with their big men, they can't figure out how to rotate their big men because you've got guys like Clint Capella and Danilo Gallinari who can only really play 20 good minutes, and then they stink after that, man. So, again, I just think they're another team that they're stuck and they're trying to find ways to blow it up. But what, Kevin Knox and a pick for Cam Reddish? Oh, that's amazing. Yikes. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see another team struggle as much as Washington and I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, Kevin Herter came come down to earth. I don't think he's that great. DeAndre Col- uh, Hunter, I liked him in college, but I don't think he's shown anything great as a pro. Bogdan Bogdanovich can definitely score, but what else can he really do as an NBA starter? And you mentioned they trade Cam Reddish, and I don't like John Collins. And Trey Young is definitely one of those guys who's doing the opposite of benefiting from the NBA rules changing. It's hurting him. He's not getting to the free throw line. As often, so yeah, Atlanta definitely struggling. Who is your right now way, way, way too early NBA Finals prediction? Oh, I thought you were about to ask me MVP. I was about to go Jokic, <laughs> but instead, what I'm going to say, I know, man, that's what everyone's talking about. The very close race for the MVP. But when it comes to who's coming out of the Western Conference, I've been saying it all year. I still think it's going to be the case. I'm not trying to just be boring, but. I think the Phoenix Suns have the perfect roster. They're not even at full strength, and they're still winning game after game. They're on a nine-game streak now. I think that, especially a fully healthy Suns team, no one in the West is going to be able to stop them from going to the finals, including the Lakers. From the East, this is where it gets really, really weird. But ultimately, at the end of the day, somehow, someway, Awad, and I don't know if you disagree, I'm feeling like Milwaukee's going to get it together and they're going to make another finals run as well. I'm almost feeling a repeat finals matchup. And you know what? Maybe the ratings would like it. I would love it, though. I I agree with you because I I had a take on my show earlier this week that's nobody's beating the Bucs in a seven-game series. They're just, you're not beating Giannis in a seven-game series with him playing on, on top of the world like he is right now. And I would agree. I don't want that to be the finals rematch. I would love Golden State, you know, against Brooklyn or something like that. I mean, that would be really eye-opening and, you know, all of America would love it. But right now, I agree with you. Suns, Bucks are probably the best two teams in basketball. That's Justin Fensterman. You can follow him on social media at Fensty Sports. Thanks so much for your time, dude. Absolutely. And they want one more thing. I've been looking this up during our interview here and looking at the crazy strict California rules, and I just want to come full circle because it's going to ruin my day. You're right. Kyrie Irving should be in, even though the rules are ultra strict out there in Cali. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Kyrie versus Steph one-on-one. We'll see what happens. Maybe uh, maybe they'll do the old school Gilbert Arenas and Tracy McGrady where they trade three-pointers. Thanks so much for your time, Justin. I'm Adam Epstein. This is 106.7 The Fan. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. Just after 9.24 here on January 29th, a Saturday morning, and I'm looking for something to watch this weekend besides sports. Obviously, I'll spend all of Sunday watching the NFL, but today 
I got VCU against Richmond, but then besides that, I want something to watch on TV because I have destroyed season four of Ozark. I watched every episode, seven episodes in about two and a half days. I couldn't get enough of it, man. It was so good. And I need something else now because it's all I can think about. All I can think about is Ruth Laymore, Marty Bird, Wendy Bird, Omar Navarro, the cartels. It's just such a good show. I don't know what it is. And I've argued with people who say Breaking Bad's better than it. But Breaking Bad didn't have, like, the whole family involved like this. I mean, they got little Jonah out here laundering money. But I guess no spoilers yet because everyone hasn't seen season four yet. Uh, But I was talking to my producer, Donald, today about how I got up today and I saw there was snow and ice on my car. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've I've got, like, a snow scratcher in the back of my car, and I couldn't find it. And so I rubbed my sweatshirt against it. That got rid of the snow, but not the ice. And I actually didn't know what to do, so I walked back inside, and I grabbed a uh, a giant, the biggest glass I could find in my house. I filled it up with hot water. I came back outside, and I poured it on my windshield to get rid of the ice. Yeah, so we, we have very, very similar experiences this morning. I also do not have an ice scraper. You would think being in the DMV, I should invest in one. Um, but I do not either. So same thing. I tried to do the the hand wipe, realized it was too icy underneath the initial snow, and also had to do the hot water maneuver as well. Yeah, I just some something about it. It just works to perfection. Great. Yeah, you just <laughs> you know slowly pour it on. It's it's gone just bada like bing, that. Boom. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be burning hot. You know, it, just, nah, right? not at all. It <laughs> could just be kind of room temperature. It does it does it well. So you were cracking me up. You were like, I don't know what's going on since we've been here in the studio, but you might walk back to your car with a cup of water too. Well, obviously the show starts early, so I kind of did a, a halfway job. I just did enough to like get my windows and all that clear, so I might grab some more on the way out to like get more of my car cleaned off. Yeah, I should mention to our audience members out there, the roads were, weren't bad, you know, weren't too slippery. It didn't seem like the ice really stuck. There's not many, much black ice on, on the road or anything. You just, just drive slow, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think a caller mentioned earlier, like the local roads are a little icy, but yeah, main roads are pretty clear. So yeah, just take your time out there. Yeah, I, I can't tell you, Donald, how much I can't wait to go back to sleep. I am getting old. I hate growing up. I wish I was Peter Pan. My back hurts. Seems like my metabolism is so slow right now. I'm broke. I get bored easily. I'm never happy. I hate getting old. All I'm thinking about right now is as soon as this show ends, now I love talking on the on 106.7. If CK called me right now and said, hey, need you to go an extra three hours to 1 p.m., I'd do it, no doubt. I'll talk Wizards Washington football team all day, all day, NFL. But as soon as I get home, I am going to get under the covers and fall asleep for about six hours. I'm so tired. Yeah, that's usually insane. Same. If if I'm needed, I'm I'm right here in the trenches with you. If we if we're both needed for those three hours, I'm here as well. But definitely, once we wrap up, I'm usually taking a nap after our Saturday yeah. shows. I mean, because so my my Friday shift uh, with my job at Odyssey is. 3 to 11 p.m. So I don't finish till 11. Then I had to wind down, and I was texting Chase Hughes late last night trying to book guests for the show. Got like six hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. I am exhausted. Cannot wait to go home and go back to sleep. Someone who loves sleep also is 
Cakes from the Sports Junkies. He'll join me next here to talk about the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal, Washington football team name change, and I know he's watched Ozark. So we'll get into that next here on 106.7 The Fan. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We've got a wild and wacky 30 minutes left on The Fan. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein and... Very happy to be joined on the hotline right now. We're going to get right to it. It's my guy, John Allville of the Sports Junkies, better known as Cakes. Welcome to the show, Cakes. Hey, that would be Commander Cakes of the <laughs> AWOD Army. Check me in, my friend. What's up, buddy? What's hey, up, AWOD? Hey, man. I'm so happy to have you on the show, man. One of my favorite guys uh, in the industry and one of my guys that has always been a Wizards fan. So let's start right there. Cakes, should Bradley Beal get the super max? Uh, if I, I mean, his talent probably says yes, and the, uh, but I would be hesitant if I'm Tommy Shepard to give him basically $240 million at the age of 30. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you, if you were, if it were uh, Tommy Epstein? <laughs> with the, well, I'm asking the wrong guy, because you, you would give Bradley Beal anything he wants. But the question is, does Bradley Beal want to stay a Washington Wizard? And it seems like as each day passes, that seems less and less likely from some of the reports you're seeing, like from what Windhorse said earlier in the week. Uh, the quote was, Beal's made it clear he doesn't plan to sign an extension with the Washington Wizards. So I don't think it's a matter of is Tommy Shepard willing to offer it. Of course the Wizards are willing to give Beal the money. The big question is, is he willing to take it? Right. And at, at this point, it looks like, he might not be. I think. Well, I think he's crazy to not take it. He can make sixty million more here in Washington. I would give him the super max if he was willing to work with the team and help recruit guys. But it's like he's not a leader. Thing, he's not a leader. He, he's gone. He's gone through so many mediocre and lean years here in Washington. And look, we we all know athletes. They have a, a, a finite shelf life. He's, he could be willing to leave that money on the table to try to win some rings before he hangs it up. And if he doesn't see that in his future here in Washington, look, I mean, Bradley Beals already made roughly $180 million in salary in his NBA career. He's going to make at least that on his next deal if he doesn't sign with the Wizards. So I'm all about these guys making as much money as possible because their careers are not long and they need to make the money while they can. But if I'm Bradley Beal and I don't see uh, a title in the offing here in D.C., I'm certainly going to explore my options elsewhere. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. And part of the reason he would want to stay is because, as he's been saying, you need to show me that you want me here by making a move in the trade deadline. And, you know, there's been names thrown out there, Jeremy Grant, Damonta Sabonis, just to name a few. The Washington would have to give up so much, he feels like, to get those two that or one of them. I think we'd be in a situation here where – we're paying Beal so much, you know, we're paying Sabonis, and still we're an eight seed or a nine seed or maybe even a six seed, but we're not competing for an Eastern Conference Finals or an Eastern yeah, I mean, Conference Brad Championship. Is, Brad is looking at the, the current landscape, and he's like, we're, we're the play-in team? Like, right. we should be better than that at this point. Like, they have to play their way in, and then if they make it that far, then they get to, they, they get the right to get uh, blown out by the Heat in the first round. If you know, if the current standings 
hold true as the 10 seed at this point. So, yeah, he's got to be looking at it like, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels here in Washington where I could be on a contender. I could be on a team that's making deep playoff runs. So he has to balance making the maximum amount of salary versus uh, being on a winning team. And I think he's at that point in his career where it's not about getting every last dime from the team. And you've seen that with some of his uh, his deals that he, that he signed recently here. Yeah, I just don't think he would be happy. He keeps, you know, Miami's been thrown out there a lot, and he'd be, you know, behind Jimmy Butler. I mean, the you know, the Lakers are a team. I mean, Philadelphia. I just think he is too much into himself to go somewhere else. He wants to be the guy here in Washington, D.C. That's why I think he would stay uh, and, and take the bigger deal here. But I get what you're saying here. He wants he wants to win, win a ring, and he's certainly good enough. I mean, he would put any team over the top, really, and, and make them a legit contender. For Washington Wizards fans, though, that say, you know what, we're tired of building around Beal. It's been 10 years. It hasn't worked. Let's blow it up. Let's start it over. Who are the guys on the roster that you would like to build around and you think have maybe superstar potential? I feel like... Rui Hashimura, Danny Avdia, and Corey Kispert are their guys, but in my opinion, none of those three become a legit star in this league. They become pretty yeah, good guys. Yeah, I think guys. That's, that's, the, that's the exact point, is that even even Bradley Beal, I mean, is he really an, an alpha? Is he a number one on the no. team? Or is he, like, like you said, like would, wouldn't he maybe be better as the second guy on the Miami Heat to take uh, you know some of the pressure off of Jimmy Butler and company? So, you know, if Beal leaves, then you're going to have some sort of influx of talent. You're not just going to let him walk. Like, Tommy Shepard is way too savvy for that. If he if he's getting indicators from Beal and his camp that he's not going to sign a long-term deal, I know that, that, that publicly Shepard's basically saying everybody's available on the roster except for Beal, but he's got to have the, he's got to have deals set up to move Beal because he cannot let him get to this summer where he just has the player option left on his contract, Brad just says, you know what, I'm going to tear up my player option. I'm becoming an unrestricted free agent. And then the Wizards have nothing. You can't allow that to happen. That's the absolute worst-case scenario. Beal walks out the door, you get nothing in return. Can't let that happen. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. My guest on the hotline, Cakes the Junkies. Follow him on Twitter, at Money Metal Cakes. And in case the audience wasn't aware, Cakes, you're you're in a book. You're in a best-selling book, still barking. Uh, your co-host, uh, J.P. Flame, wrote that book. And, of course, you guys have covered this team here and everything in D.C. for 25 years. Uh, I'll give you my take, but I want to hear from you, for my audience. Yeah. What do you want the Washington football team name to be? Ooh, that's a great question. I, uh, I'm, I've kind of warmed up to either Hogs or Red Hogs. Um, it's a nod to the past. Yeah. Sounds cool. It's distinctive. Uh, I, I would be okay with Commanders, but Commanders seems kind of generic to me. Um, it makes sense because of all the, you know, the obvious military uh, influence in the, in this region of the country. So it makes sense in that regard. Um, you want to be able to shorten the name. So if, if it's the Commanders, you know, like are they? Would you call them the Comms? I, I mean, I, I guess that would be the shortened version of it. So my my top. Uh, seed would be hogs or red hogs. Second would be commanders. One um, percent of my stupid brain thinks they're still going to just—they might just shock us all with wolves or red bulls, even though they came <laughs> out and said, "Oh, we're not going to do that." We've got the legal issues, the copyright infringement issues. Um, so I'm still holding out hope for that because I think that would be the best option. But I think 
I think ultimately it's going to be Commanders, but if I had my choice, I would go with, with Hogs. Yeah, I, I think Hogs would be the best choice. I have a feeling it's going to be Commanders because uh, I think they want to go with that nickname that I've seen on social media of DCFC uh, kind of rings. But the whole thing with the Today Show has kind of tilted me, Cakes. And you want to know yeah. how I would have changed the name? I would, I would like to hear Awod's plan for the, for the name reveal. I can't wait to hear this. You want this to be a global phenomenon. You want everyone to be talking about this, everyone in locally, everyone around the world. Oh, yeah, you want to do it on the Today Show at 8 a.m. on national TV for an international global fan base? Fine, fine, fine. You can do that. But how about you make the local people happy? Let them know the name first. They're the ones that actually care about this team, care about the rebrand, will pay to go to the stadium, will pay to buy new gear. So instead of waiting till 8 a.m., why don't you let a show that starts at 6 a.m. take calls and discuss the name, tell the sports junkies the name, link it to EB before the Today Show. I'm begging you, give the junks the early word. Please, that's how it should be done. The junkies have earned it. They should know. They shouldn't have to watch the Today Show on a TV to find out the name. This is classic AWOD buttering up the junks right here. I, I can see right through you. You are so transparent. I like it. I mean, if we if we had the exclusive reveal, that would be huge. I would love those numbers. It, maybe we'd actually get a bonus, something I haven't seen in my check in like two years. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do see the I, I do see your point in super serve the, the local audience, the one that is putting the, the the money in your pockets, the ones that have been going out to that abomination known as FedEx Field for the last 25 years, uh, you and your pops, Maury, included. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they could have they could have done a better job serving the D.C. area. But, look, they, they want as much bang for the buck as they can get, and they feel like they're going to get that on the Today Show. Cakes, okay, so let's get to the good stuff here. I've seen your Twitter. How much do you love Ozark? And am I alone the thinking that Ruth Langmore is kind of sneaky, really cute? And she's got a heady personality. She's fiery. She's fierce. But I, I, th- I think I love her, Cakes. You think you're in love with uh, Ruthie Langmore? You like white, you like white trash, uh, take charge women? There's something the about the, the roots in her hair. I love, love the brunette yeah. roots. Uh, yeah, I, my wife and I blew through season four of Ozark in less than a week. I had no self-control. I couldn't help myself. I'm watching two or three episodes at a time, which is stupid when there are only seven episodes available. So... Now we're just uh, we're just waiting for the next uh, seven episode drop whenever that's going to be. I'm sure it's months and months away. But I loved it. I, th- I thought it was amazing. I know that a lot of people love to bitch and moan that oh it's too dark. I can't see anything. Can they can they buy some lights with their budget? Whatever. It's supposed to be dark. It's a dark subject matter. So I loved it. Um, I'm sure you're into. It. You're obviously into it. And uh, you want to date uh, Ruthie? So I didn't know that about you. You're you're kind of into her. I'm I'm kind of into her, man. But she, she's just a go getter. She's over here trying to learn how to launder money uh, from Marty Bird. Uh, but cakes, what do you think about the fact that they've kind of announced that fourth season part two will be the end? They're not going to be like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad and do nine or ten seasons. They're just going to tie a bow on it after four four seasons with two parts. I kind of really like that. I don't have a problem with it at all, man. They they realize. Look, we have we have a limited story arc here where we've done what we can with it. We've made it entertaining for the audience. People have been into it. Uh, you don't need to make it seven, eight, ten seasons for it to be fun and enjoyable uh, for the public. So I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm all about it, man. Just, just wrap it up in a nice, neat bow. Um, 
I, I like I like a closure with my TV and movies. I don't need to I don't need to walk out of the movie or the TV show asking a billion questions. I like it to be I like it to be nice and neat. Cakes talking about Netflix. I want to know if you've seen what I thought was one of the greatest shows in the last few years, Kevin Hart's True Story. Did you watch that? I have not. I have not. Tuned I think you should that. check it out, man. It's the. It's not a comedy at all. I mean, it, it's got some Ozark elements to it. it. It's really good, man. All right, so I, I'm, I'm going to make like an AWOD queue on my Netflix and just just load up with your recommendations. And Abs- I'll have to get back to you and let you know. Uh, absolutely, man. I got a podcast recommendation for you, too. It's called Bit Season with Matt and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, I like how you dovetailed right into your next year, your side hustle project. Very nice. <laughs> Cakes, always fun talking with you here, man. And let's hope the Wiz can get a win tonight against John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. I doubt it, but there's something about this Wizards team. Law- worst loss of franchise history. There's a weird feeling in my back of my mind here, a tingle that they're going to bounce back. I do like tingles, but my tingles for their upcoming stretch is not good. Here are their <laughs> next six opponents and where they currently stand in the playoff race. Memphis, third in the West. Milwaukee, fourth in the East. Philly, sixth in the East. Phoenix, first in the West. Miami, first in the East. Brooklyn, fifth in the East. So that's going to be pretty brutal. If they can somehow get two, maybe even three wins out of that, it's a huge confidence boost for uh, Wes Untel Jr. and company. It might be a little bit optimistic, but that's going to be tough starting tonight. Yeah, that's my guy Cakes there from the Sports Junkies. I'm Adam Epstein. Hopefully the Wizards don't go from 23 and 25 to 23 and 30. We'll be back. Final segment on the fan next. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. A big shout-out to Money Meadow Cakes from the Junkies for hopping on this show. If you missed any of that, you can rewind with the Odyssey app or check out the podcast. My guy Donald posted. You type in overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Shout-out to Chase Hughes and Justin Fensterman for joining the show. And we've had a really great one for you guys today. And I want to end you end it by talking about this at 3.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. I, I, I guess you would call it first serve. You know, it's like NBA, you have tip-off, NFL is kickoff, tennis, first serve. Danil Medvedev against Novak, excuse me, against Rafael Nadal. Novak Djokovic, 20 grand slams won. Roger Federer, 20 grand slams won. Rafael Nadal, 20 grand slams won. All of them above of great American Pete Sampras with just 14. But who will break the deadlock? Who will break the tiebreaker? Will it be Nadal? against Medvedev. I expect Nadal to win because the big three are just so much better talent-wise and experience-wise, and just uh, they they, ha- they hit the most winners. If you're a tennis fan and you watch the sport, you know, you got it's all about returning, playing defense, getting it back into, into you know, onto the court there, getting right back to the center so you can play defense. But the best of the best hit all-out winners, and that's what makes them so good. Nadal with his left-handed uh, top spin, it's almost impossible uh, to return it when he goes cross-court like that. And so I've got Nadal defeating Danil Medvedev tomorrow. Um, they're just the young crop of guys, Tsitsipas, Tiafo, uh, Time, Shapovalov, they do not have what it takes yet, Medvedev as well, to beat one of the t- big three guys uh, in, a, in a championship, in my opinion. I get it. Uh, Djokovic lost to Zverev. Uh, in the Olympics, and he wasn't able to win the last Grand Slam. But this one in the in Australia, I've got Nadal defeating Medvedev. Shout out to Ashley Barty, who became the first 
Australian woman this morning to win the championship in uh, 40 years. And also Aussie Nick Kyrgios won his Grand Slam, his first Grand Slam in doubles today as well. Uh, so I mentioned that's at 3 a.m., 3 p.m. tomorrow. You can watch CONCACAF World Cup qualifier USA versus Canada. It'll be a great one. Alfonso Davies leads the way for Canada. Christian Pulisic for America. Canada is ahead of the USA in World Cup qualifying, so we'll see who ends up on top in that one. I expect probably a 1-1 draw in that one like the last time these two teams played. All right, NFL playoffs. You got your conference championships. Here's my hot take. I said it yesterday if you listen to my show in Richmond. As good as last week was, I guarantee you this week will be a dud. It will be a dud. You will not watch the end of this game. You will turn it off in the third quarter for both games. This Chiefs team is too good. The Bengals team isn't going to be able to score enough points. They had 19 in their first game. Uh, or excuse me, 25 in their first game, 19 in their second one. The Chiefs score 32 in their sleep. They're going to win that one by double digits. 49ers, Rams. Niners, Kyle Shanahan defeated the Rams twice this season. Not going to win this one at SoFi Stadium in the playoffs. Matthew Stafford playing incredible right now. We've seen him throw it into the tight windows. He's been killing it. So I've got Rams, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'll break that down next week on the show, 7.30 to 10 a.m., but it's looking like I've got the Rams because I think the NFC wins it by defense. Defense, defense, defense wins championships. I think Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and, and Ramsey will get it done this year. I'm Adam Epstein. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Peace out.